0: Hello, my friend. You're listening to episode eight of TypePod. Pod. So today I'm going to dive into a topic that makes my little nerd heart so happy. Virtual leadership. That's right. Today I'm gonna to break down the four challenges of leading a virtual team and how you can overcome them. Are you as excited about this as I am? Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to TIE Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Thai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So, settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Thai. So many of us work virtually so often, it kind of seems like business as usual. And I'll be honest here, as a millennial who's jumped at the opportunity for remote work throughout my own career, I used to fall into the same mentality. It's kind of easy to convince yourself that leading in any capacity is just leading. Like There's no real difference between doing so in person in a traditional environment and virtually. And I believed this for a long time until I took my past work experiences and I put them to test against the data that I was learning in graduate school. So if you've been around, you know that I love to decode the latest research in IO psychology and figure out what really serves you and applies to you as an entrepreneur and business owner. TBH, I have no idea why I didn't think about sharing this topic with you sooner. Virtual leadership was my entire graduate thesis, y'all. For real, I've been studying the intricacies of what it means to lead a virtual team for a couple of years now. And the truth is, it still is so the norm in entrepreneurship. Even as I entered this space, I kept telling myself the lie that this knowledge couldn't serve you. But quite frankly, I was absolutely wrong. There are so many entrepreneurs struggling with developing their dream team, mainly because leading a team that is totally virtual is just different. It comes with a different set of challenges that we need to overcome. So it was super fun to put my nerd hat back on and dive into the theory, research, and data that was my life for a couple of years and really share with you some of the real challenges behind leading a virtual team. And can I be honest, I already know that the challenges I'm going to share probably aren't going to surprise you. And I know that that's not what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to be like, it's going to be mind blowing. But no, as a leader, you're probably no stranger to the challenges that I'm going to talk about today. If you have an existing team right now, you're literally living this. So I don't doubt that I'm going to be speaking to the heart of your current struggles. And if you don't have a team yet, I mean, that's actually really perfect. That's great because you can enter into this space empowered because through this episode, you're going to get a sneak peek into some of the main challenges that leaders face every day leading their badass virtual teams. So no, again, I don't think the challenges themselves are going to knock your socks off. But in this episode, for both my current leaders and my future leaders, I hope to shed light not only on, you know, some of the pitfalls of virtual teams, but also on some very real strategies that you can use today to help you overcome any challenges with grace and intentionality. Are you with me? Okay, let's get right to it and start with the obvious, my friend. You ready? Challenge number one. We call it geographic dispersion. What it really means is that virtual teams are not in the same location. Shocker, shocker. I know. But really, this is a big deal and it's absolutely worth chatting about. Because there are actually two major consequences of not working in the same location that I do see impacting entrepreneurs on the regular. Let's start with the first one. Because virtual businesses have the ability to open up their talent pool, you can literally hire anyone from anywhere. You do have this magical network of talented people all across the globe that can serve your business and your people. Here's the thing, though. Research has shown time and time again that as diversity increases, and by diversity, I'm talking about cultural, sociopolitical, and religious, all the diversity, productivity typically decreases. But I have to tell you straight up, that fact is absolutely misleading. Because here's the thing. As diversity increases, yes, productivity does typically decrease, but it's not really by that much. But you know what does benefit from an increase in diversity? creativity. Yes, my friend, creativity literally skyrockets with the more diversity that you have in your team and in your business. And I don't know about you, but I can use all the creativity I can get. (laughs) So I still had to bring this up because it's my belief that if you can accept the reality of potentially decreased productivity with your eyes open, then it's still really a blessing in disguise. Like you just have to realize that It's all founded on the concept that it can be easier to get along with people, quote unquote, like you. But we all know the beautiful challenge and the beautiful outcome of getting to know people who are not like us. Like diversity and inclusion is a topic near and dear to my heart. And I would be remiss to just give you that productivity fact when the reality is that if you're committed and you go into it with your eyes open as a leader, it takes a little bit more time to get the whole team on the same page. But once you do, man, your productivity is going to be perfectly fine and your creativity is going to outmatch your competition. And that is a beautiful thing. Okay, so I mentioned there was a second consequence to the whole location thing. And that is the likelihood that you're actually going to connect with your team in person goes down really dramatically. And this really also isn't going to be much of a surprise. Like many of us have experienced this. In virtual teams, we typically live in Slack. We live in Outlook, Google Suites, like whatever the platform is. We're leaning super heavily on Zoom calls. And that can work up until a point. But I really want to emphasize that when I'm speaking about the challenge of location, I'm talking about how it can truly make it difficult to connect with your team, not online, obviously, but in person. And let's just keep it real here if you have a team that is geographically dispersed aka y'all all all live in different places (laughs) and you are really pretty far away from each other getting everybody together in person in the same space at the same time i mean that's gonna take real financial investment time scheduling planning like all of the above like it's gonna take some effort so it tends to be something that a lot of us put off We make the excuses, we're like, you know, we're getting work done, so why do we really need to get together, so on and so forth. And here's the thing, I've just got to keep it real with you. Whether or not you prioritize connecting with your team in person truly depends on how strongly you as the leader care about fostering deep connections with your team. And I won't lie, you can hear it in my voice right now, I have a very strong perspective on this. Leaders that are building businesses that make a true impact, businesses that last the test of time, businesses that leave a legacy, they prioritize deep connections with their team because at the end of the day, even if you're a personal brand, for example, if you are scaling to the levels that you're aspiring to scale to, you are going to be reliant on a team. No one person can reach the masses completely by themselves and without help. So it's important that you put in that effort to truly connect seriously. If you want to grow in the way that all the leaders, you know, the Amy Porterfields, the Rachel Hollis's of the world, the Jenna Kutchers, you have to invest in your team in a major way. And time and time again, one of the most major ways I'm seeing the top leaders do so is by prioritizing in-person connection and interaction with their whole team y'all that's it so i feel like you're already thinking tiana okay great you talked about jenna kutcher amy porterfield and rachel hollis like how the heck am i supposed to afford getting my team all together in a realistic way like practically speaking okay Well, the theme here is you should be intentional about connecting with your team in person. I'm not saying that you have to fly everybody first class five times a year, you know, all inclusive, like all the things. That's not what I'm advocating for here. I am a huge advocate for connecting in person with your core team, those team members who dedicate the majority of their time to helping your business grow at least once a year. And you'll hear me talk a ton about team retreats. I actually have a whole episode about this episode six where you can hear all about the benefits and how a team retreat can really impact your business because it is fostering that in-person connection. And side note, you're also going to hear about how it's totally customizable and it doesn't have to be this big crazy thing like you can take it down to whatever scope you want it to be at. Just saying. All right, so we've covered some of the major challenges that physical location can bring about, but that leads me into challenge number two, temporal dispersion. (laughs) Yeah, so that really just means that different locations typically result in different time zones. Yes, we are talking about time. Think about it. Even if you're based in the United States and you have team members across the country, We live in different time zones, my friend. Like, time zones can be a real hassle. They typically impact the flow of communication between team members and potentially even your customers. And it can be difficult as a leader to manage the different time zones in a way that still makes sure that the work that needs to get done gets done and gets done in a timely manner. Okay, I'm so annoying. That was pun, but whatever. (laughs) So depending on the extremity of this, your solution may look a little different. So what do I mean? If you have like a one hour time zone difference, it's probably not impacting things that much. But let's say you have six hours difference. Yeah, that can be a pretty big deal and it can be very tricky to manage. It's actually one of the key things I talk through with leaders who are intentionally hiring somebody that they already know is in a totally different time zone than them. So most often I see and I recommend that team members who do have drastically different time zones are placed in roles that are more proactive rather than reactive. So, for example, if you have a copywriter on staff that provides all of your launch copy well in advance, the management of the time differences is more so going to impact your internal meeting times and communication. It's not really going to impact your clients. So in that case, my recommendation is figuring out meeting times that work for both parties up front, both you and your team member. And then you should pre-schedule these meeting times and stick to them. So that's going to help foster some really good ongoing communication between the two of you. Now, for troubleshooting or like approval on little things, you know, all of the things that we have to do on the day to day, you're probably going to be communicating via email. That way, you know, nobody's calling anybody at 10pm or something that is really surpassing our personal work life boundaries. Does that make sense? So if you can go in with that expectation and really understand, okay, I'm hiring somebody who's in a time zone and they are five hours ahead of me. So what does that mean for their role? And what do I expect as a leader? Like it's as simple as thinking through it And if you already have someone enroll and you are having those challenges currently, it's really just opening up the conversation and setting the scene about the flow of work that's getting done and how you expect things to go as a leader and what your team members' expectations may have been and then how you guys can really meet in the middle and make it work given both of your different time zones. Today's episode is brought to you by Primally Pure. I've tried a lot of natural deodorant, and I'm not going to get all TMI here, but I can honestly tell you, my husband has not always appreciated it. But since learning about the health risks with antiperspirants and the linkages to breast cancer... I'm freaked out. It's been a major goal of mine to find a product that works well and is good for me. So I love the fact that Primally Pure spent years researching and formulating with safe, effective ingredients to create a gentle and non-toxic deodorant that actually works. So here's the deal, my friend. I committed to using this deodorant for three months before I ever opened my mouth about it. And here's the kicker, I've never stuck with a natural deodorant for that long because they all eventually stopped working, like I swear my body just gets used to them. I could go on and on, but it boils down to the fact that Primally Pure Charcoal deodorant is officially my go-to, and if you're feeling this right now, it will be yours too. Even better, you can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, just tianna one and you are on your way to your new favorite natural deodorant. Okay, so let's dive into challenge number three. You ready? We call it technological dependence, a.k.a. when the internet fails, we all fail. <laughs> and seriously, it's as simple as that. If tech fails, The business fails. And that's just a reality when it comes to working in a purely virtual business. Like our team communication, collaboration, our interaction with our clients, it's all obviously heavily dependent on some form of technology. So I don't really need to get on my soapbox about this one because we all know what it feels like to be locked out of Slack or have our emails hacked or, God forbid, get snowed in with a power outage and no way to get to our local coffee shop because. It's icy outside. (sighs) I mean, I may be spiraling because that's a very scary situation, but it's important. And the key to technology is to test out all your systems and whenever possible, have a backup plan in place if something like that fails. Now, aside from the scary, like the whole internet gets shut down and whatnot, there's honestly only so many backup plans we can put in place for that. But there is something that a lot of people don't think too deeply into, which can end up being a bit of a hiccup later on. And that is making sure that the system is well suited to the way that you work and also making sure that everybody on your team is legitimately trained on how to use the system. Seriously, You can help yourself so much by making sure that you are testing out your systems and not only basing the systems that you choose off of recommendations, which we all know recommendations are life, but also making sure that you take the opportunity to poke around a bit, do all the tutorials, all the things to make sure that you first as the leader are totally comfortable. Then on top of that, making sure that your people are getting trained on how to use the system appropriately. So, you know, I know if you're doing things in Google Suite, it may seem like everybody knows how to use it, but you will be surprised. So it's definitely worth asking the question. And then if somebody is uncomfortable with a system like Slack, take advantage of the tech tutorials. There is so much information, so many tutorials out there. We really have no excuse to have team members who don't understand our systems, especially if it's a new team member and you're currently onboarding. It can be Beyond helpful to build system tutorials straight on into that onboarding process. Don't just throw your people in the deep end, give them the tools that they need to thrive, okay? So we're rounding it out to the fourth challenge. We've already talked about different locations, time zones, and how technology can be a hiccup. But let's talk about this final challenge because it is impacted by all three. Challenge number four, communication. And we all know communication doesn't need an explanation. Oh, that rhymed. That was so cool. But it doesn't need an explanation because it's the least jargony word that I've used so far. Did you know that good intentional communication truly builds trust? Yes, it is a proven fact that the way that you socially communicate with your people is one of the major indicators of how much they actually trust you and each other, actually. And teams who trust their leader and each other. Yeah, those are the teams that win in life and in business, pretty much. (laughs) So that may be like a bit of an oversimplification, but it's still true. The tried and true method of improving any relationship with your team is communication. And as human beings, like don't let our obsession with texting and social media fool you, my friend. We still do better with face to face communication, hands down. So that's why traditional teams can have a major advantage over virtual teams, because think about it, they can meet for lunch, then send a couple emails about a project and then meet around 3pm for a brainstorming meeting in the office. Like all of this can happen in one day. But in a virtual team We just, we operate so much more within our systems, within our Slack chains, within our email chains, and the ability for our face-to-face interaction is so limited. That's why I always, always, always recommend weekly video calls over phone calls. Seriously. And I already know what you're going to say because if you don't know this, I don't know why you would know this, but I'm literally recording this episode in my PJs, in a robe, in my closet. My hair is not done. I have no makeup on. Like, I get it. Having to get dressed for a weekly video call, you're like, ugh, Tiana, why? Look, all I'm going to say is plan for it. Make it a fun thing. Like don't put too much pressure on it. All you gotta do is put on a hoodie that doesn't have the, you know, nasty food stains and we're gonna be fine. It's just the fact that humans, like us as humans, we truly do bond more when we get to see each other's faces and if we're trying to foster good communication and good bonding, we've gotta let the veil down and just get on the video call, my friends. Seriously, you can do it. Now, I know that every single interaction and every single meeting does not require video calls, obviously, but I do want to put it on your heart just to sit down for a bit and think it through. How could it impact your team to have a weekly check-in, a weekly check-in over Zoom, even for about 30 minutes or so? How would it feel to start your week by seeing each other's faces, catching up, and understanding what each other's major priorities are? my guess is it would feel pretty damn good. So, you know, I'm just gonna keep pushing for this. Face-to-face interaction is the number one way for virtual teams to communicate. So when in doubt, build it into your schedule, make it an expectation, and you're gonna see massive growth in your team. That's it. Just like that, we have already chatted through the four challenges of leading a virtual team and how you can overcome them. So what do you think? Are you ready to start implementing and executing some of these strategies? Let me know in the comments. Leave a review. Tell me what you decide to do because I have a feeling if you're a listener of Tide you're ready to take action and step into intentional leadership. And for that, I am so proud of you.